the monks of Densol Abbey in Limerick find, found themselves in the press this week following a Facebook ban of an advert for a new book they're publishing which provides a rare insight into the daily life of the Benedictine community. The former abbot at Glenstall and still current resident, uh, Mark Patrick Hederman, joins me now. Um, Facebook's ban was because of an ad. I actually thought I was hallucinating when I thought Facebook was going to be the moral arbiter in Ireland. This was to do with three paintings uh, that you have on the wall down there. And I thought, did they ever go into a gallery? Did they ever go to see David in the... Piazza Signoria in wherever. Anyway, you it, basically it was suggesting that there was something immodest and inappropriate going on in Glenstall. Well, I think it was actually a mistake, really, to send that picture to Facebook as a, an advertisement for a book which is really trying to showcase an alternative way of living. This. Uh, mystery of life that we do and we're trying to explain to people that there is an alternative way of going through the year uh, this and one of the people in our monastery is a very very uh, wonderful artist who came actually about 10 years ago and <clears throat> he does these amazing paintings but his aim is to try and show that the incarnation, that God becoming a human being, meant and means that every single part of us, no matter whether we regard it as uh, objectionable or shameful, that that's what's going to be redeemed and saved. So his uh, inspiration was to... Uh, try and show people, for instance, the, the good thief. Now, that's a person who presumably all through his life was a criminal. And at the last minute then, he was uh, on the cross beside Jesus Christ. And he was uh, regarded as ready for heaven. So that's what he's trying to do. Now, I think the, the Facebook, obviously, they uh, have their regulations. And so... Um, I imagine that the publishers of our book were trying to get uh, a few copies off the shelf, maybe. I, I, it crossed my mind, yes. yes. And so uh, I don't think it was fair, in a way, to them. So I, I don't blame Facebook. But, I mean, anybody who's uh, looking to the monastery for their bit of pornography, I mean, are a little bit misplaced. Yeah. It reminds me when I was uh, at home, I came from Limerick myself and in the 1950s and 60s, and we were the most Catholic country in the world. And so there was very little porn available to in those. And there used to be a little ad in the Limerick Leader, which would tell you that in a local town, they would be showing a very, very important film, you see. And that you would know then that you... Code. Code, that was it. And what they were actually showing was a film called Helga and Mikael. Oh, which, I remember. Do you remember that? It was actually sex education in German schools, you see, for people of teenage... Uh, and 
And that was all we had, you see. So uh, you, you went off then to wherever it was and paid a large sum of money right. to see what the children were looking at. So, I, I mean, I think it was a misunderstanding and um, I don't think that uh, it did us any harm and apparently uh, more than two of the copies were sold, you see, later on. More than two. But, but the point of the book is to show people yes. that there is another, an alternative way of going through the seasons. I mean, we, I mean now, Marion, here we are, you and I sitting here, and there are 72 shopping days left to Christmas. And when you say that, I get a knot in my stomach. Do you? <laughs> yes, I know, because that's where there's a kind of compulsion about it. Now, we're heading into Halloween now, but there's a way in which the whole year is a treadmill... And we don't even recognise it. I mean, we're celebrating today Saturn's Day. I mean, uh, next Monday is Moon's Day, you know. And we go the October month we have there, September, October, November, December. Those are Latin names. So everything we do is taken from the Roman Empire. Even the month of July was called after Julius Caesar and August was called after his successor. And... August has 31 days because he wanted to have the same number of days as Julius. So they took a few days off February and we have 28. So we're all victims, in a way, of a way of living through the year. And we're providing an alternative to that. That's basically... And the, the monks do this, actually, also on the webcam so that you can uh, tune in to 20 of us... Um, four times a day for three hours altogether uh, celebrating um, our praise because just like the rest of the country is trying to go over to alternative energy, wind energy, ours is another kind of wind energy. It's the Holy Spirit. And we're trying to say that that's a very, very satisfying and legitimate form of life. And here you can have a look. And, yeah, and it, it is terrific to read it. Just to outline to people again, the, your, your, every day, how, how the days go. Yeah, we get up, at, like everybody else in the world, six in the morning, half past six, we have about um, an hour of prayer. And then we are free for the rest of the morning until Mass is at noon, 12, 10... And then afternoon is free, and six o'clock we have Vespers, which is in Latin, and beautifully sung in Gregorian chant, and then we have supper, and then at the end of the day we have this other um, prayer called Compline, the last prayer of the evening. And all those prayers can be uh, viewed or participated in by people if they press on the webcam. So it's a service which is giving people another view of right. what could it be like. Yeah. And going through this ritual hmm. uh, every day, do, do you ever or does anybody ever think I'm going to go around the bend if I'm doing the same thing all day, every day? Or does it provide balm, as it were, for the soul? Oh, yes. It, I mean, once you're doing it, as, I mean, if you were just coming in to look at it, 
you might say, oh my goodness me, how could these people be doing this? Especially singing in Latin, you know, for half an hour. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, it's beautiful, but it's also kind of incomprehensible. I mean, people are saying, well, what are they singing? And if they knew what they were singing, they might even be more shocked because some of it is pretty rugged. But, what do you mean by rugged? Oh, I mean that they're... Uh, Getting God to smash all their enemies at pieces, and right. you know the the psalms were written about so many centuries ago, and they were tough times in those yeah. days. Yeah, but it does uh, because you're doing it every day. Uh, it's the most marvelous way of entering the day. You know, going from nighttime to daytime for all of us is quite a journey. And most people find it difficult getting up out of bed in the morning and settling in. So this is a, a very, very, um, I suppose, becalming way to enter your day. And if you do it all the time, it becomes a habit. Everything uh, that becomes your routine, as it were, mm. uh, is helpful in that way. So mm. 20 monks are there. Every morning. I mean, it's a, it's a marvellous... Because we've got very good musicians and they uh, we, we know what to do. It's not as if you get up in the morning and say, what are we going to... How are we going to fix this? And will you read that? And everybody knows what they're doing. So it's very, very well organised. Right. Mm. And you do permit guests from outside? Oh, yes, yeah. we have. I mean, the place is open. Uh, all the, the, it's a monastery... And it's the, one of the most beautiful places you could be because it was organised like that by the people who created it, who are the Barringtons. That was before we came. Yeah, yeah. and they were plant collectors, so the grounds and all of that are very beautiful. Uh, looking through, <clears throat> you have, I presume, I don't, I don't know, that Easter is the big time of the year yeah. rather than Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're living on resurrection energy. That's basically what it is, and everybody else can do that. So that's an alternative energy. It's like saying your car, you know, you're changing it. If you're living on resurrection energy, it's a completely different way of... You're raising yourself from the dead. And the painter, the guy who was uh, the subject of the... Brother of Mars, yeah. yeah. His, the first painting he did when he came to us was... The Resurrection of Lazarus. It's an enormous picture and it's a dead body that's rising and it's almost like dead flesh, the beginning of it. And then it goes up and becomes as if it's just uh, rising from the dead. And it's a most magnificent painting. But that's what we're trying to do, as it were. To yeah. I mean, everybody works off some kind of energy and most people... We identified at the beginning of the 20th century three kinds of energy that got people moving. I mean, how does Boris Johnson get up every morning and say, I want to be in prime minister at this special moment? You know, that's a kind of an energy which they identified as power. And then there's money. Secondly, Marx was the great philosopher of that. Nietzsche was the great philosopher of power. And sex was the third one. So Freud was the big philosopher there. Now, in the church, they have always known that those three energies were the most fundamental for us. So they capped each one of them with uh, obedience, poverty and chastity. That was the way in which you were meant to filter this. Now, the whole, I suppose, under misunderstanding was that you were denying 
sexuality and denying whereas in fact what was meant to be was you were purifying it and transfiguring it and rising from the dead is meant to be a really exhilarating form of life and what Nietzsche said who was the great enemy of Christianity but he said if you want me to believe in your redeemer you'd want to look that little bit more redeemed yourselves. <laughs> so this book is meant to be showcasing yeah. the possibility of an alternative lifestyle where people are having a great time and uh, enjoying resurrectional energy and this alternative way of living. Right. And it seems that each brother father has a, an, an area of interest, be it gardening or bees or all of those kind of things are going on there and there's a farm. Uh, and it it does sound very attractive, but there were some very amusing stories about people that came and joined you, one who intended not getting off the train in Limerick Junction, but the train stopped and he couldn't hide. That's right. I mean, he actually was a rugby player, talking about... Uh, yeah. He was in school with Tony Ward, and he uh, won all sorts of wonderful cups. And he came to the monastery to teach uh, the boys how to play rugby. And within a certain number of months, <clears throat> he was saying, well, what's going on uh, there in the monastery? And the person who employed him was furious because he said, we don't want this guy to be entering the monastery. We want him to be teaching us how to play rugby. But anyway, uh, it's all right. So each person uh, is encouraged to follow their own, uh, whatever they're inspired to do. But the whole thing is like a beehive then, because everybody's working together and they're bees of the invisible. You're, the honey is from the rocks, as it were. You're, because there are two worlds here. We have to accept that. There's another world beyond the one we're living in now. And the monastery is meant to be harvesting from that other world so that we have the best of both worlds. Right. Um, well, there was another one of you that passed 101. You must be doing something right down there past 101 years this week? That's right, yes, 101 pounds of fun. And I tell you, uh, you know, uh, it's a great credit to us. See, we don't just have the monks in Glenstore. We're built on a huge pyramid of wonderful people who work with us and for us. You know, they are, we have carers who are fantastic nurses, doctors, carpenters, people who do the maintenance. You know, it's it's a huge, big pyramid of wonderful people who are supporting this alternative way of life. And they're all living it in their own particular way. And, and, and it is actually quite a, uh, an example of the way things could be if we were all working together. Right. The um, I was watching a, a programme about a fortnight or three weeks ago, uh, I think it was BBC, and it was on the Vatican. Yeah. And it was in particular on their preparations for Easter. And they had one man, whom I think went to Trinity College, who is the main man to to, to sing. I don't know what the... No, enchanter, yeah. 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 And uh, there was a cardinal involved in it as well. And in the middle of the programme... The person that was making the programme asked them, did they believe in God? <laughs> and there was a hesitation. 
and saying, well, that's a very difficult question. And I wonder what you mean by that. And my jaw nearly dropped because I thought in that role that you would say, yes, sir, mm. yes, sir. <laughs> do you people down in Glenstall discuss whether you believe or not? Or do you just go through the process? Well, I don't think we discuss it much, you know, but that's true of everyone. When my mother met my father, um, he fell in love with her as she was getting out of the car. And she was from America and he was from Ireland. And uh, he knew she was only staying for a weekend, so he plucked up his courage and said, I want to marry you. And she said, I know absolutely nothing about you. And he said, well, you know as much about me now as you're ever going to know, so you better make up your mind. And they both agreed when they were 70 that he was right, that they never do. I mean, Irish farmers don't sit around the table saying, well, is our marriage, I mean, etc. So yeah. in the same way with the monks, they don't discuss with each other uh, whether they believe in the existence of God or not. Uh, you know, uh, they get on with the, the business. And I would say that each person has a very different view of God or of what uh, the other side of this life is. And I would also think that some of them, uh, that my view would be as different from another monk's view as a Protestant would be from a Catholic. You know, it's very... It's not be, that different, is Oh, it, easily. Right? There would be easily that difference. I mean, we're all coming from very different places. We were of all very different reasons for arriving. The reasons why you stay are different from the reasons why you come. You go through different stages of your life and at some times you can be very atheistic or agnostic and at other times you can be full of the uh, excitement. And I am sure that many of the monks in Glenstall find me ex extremely irritating because I'm so vocal about my belief in God and especially about the Holy Spirit and that. And they kind of get sort of annoyed and say, well, look, for heaven's sake, we've heard all this and stop shouting about it from the rooftops. So there would be other people, you know, very quiet who never say anything, but they are the ones, and in fact, not monks at all. I mean, I, I, the person I rely on most is not a monk at all. Uh, there's a woman who used to work for us, and she is without any doubt, for me, the person nearest to God that I know. So I kind of lean on her whenever things get rough. Interesting. You know, it, it, to see how things uh, can change. Just, again, before you go, because you say it's on the webcam. Yeah. The music is crucially important, isn't it? Oh, we have wonderful musicians, yeah. But it's a special kind of... To the spiritual of, life, though, It's I a spiritual, special kind of music. Uh, it's way back into the Middle Ages. I mean, it, it's very, very ancient music. So, I mean, it has a special quality, and I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you a, an interesting thing, that when I was going from the uh, airport in New York into the city <coughs> and the taxi driver had Gregorian chant on a CD and I said to him, that's Gregorian chant. Oh yes, he said, that's what my shrink advised for road rage. So even people now who are talking about their health 
will recognize that silence and Gregorian chant, that all these things actually are very good for one uh, in, the, in the depths of your soul, as it were. Right. You know? Okay, well, listen, as always, lovely to talk to you. It is a lovely book. The photography is really... Well, she's an absolute artist, yeah. you see. Valerie O'Sullivan is another artist, you see, and it was she, actually, who suggested that we do this book. But she's one, she's doing another book on the Skelligs as well, which is about to come out. So, so I agree with you as an artist, and uh, those photographs are beautiful. They, you know? they are indeed. Mm. And to follow the seasons, as you say, <coughs> excuse me, please, as an alternative mm. uh, way of life is is a is a very good thing. It's it's called Glenstone Abbey through the seasons, and of course, there's the school down there, which is part of it as well. And as always, thank you very much indeed for coming in and talking to us. A pleasure, Marion. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Now.